0: Hi, and welcome to Relatable, a podcast dedicated to simplifying the complexities of modern everyday relationships. What if being great at relationships was easy for you? How would that change your life? How would that impact the people you love? I'm Fiona Lukies. Join me as I pull back the curtain on how easy it is for you to up your relationship game so you can enjoy effortless relationships with anyone in your life and become more relatable. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Relatable. I have a really special guest on for you today. Kari Freuland is someone who I greatly, greatly admire. She has been a client of mine and has a wonderful, wonderful story that I think would be really helpful for many of you listening. Her story is one of courage, of insight, of... I, I, it's just incredible. And I really wanted to bring her on today so she could share that with you. My podcast and the work that I do is all about our relationships, how we show up to each other and how relatable we are. And, of course, not every relationship is perfect. And, you know, there are many people out there living with Partners who have mental illness, who perhaps have long-term depression and anxiety, and it's not an, always an easy thing to navigate. And I think what Carrie has to share, if you're someone who is living that or has lived that experience, may be incredibly helpful and refreshing for you, because she has a really different take on all of that. So I just want to say thank you so much for being here today, Carrie.:
1: You're welcome.
0: When I met you, you were still with your ex-partner and you've since separated. Maybe you might want to, would you like to just give us some background on what was going on for you, what your experience was in that relationship?
1: For a long time, my ex-partner has been suffering from depression and that had caused challenges (laughs) in the relationship. I never really thought that um, leaving the relationship was the way to go. So I was certainly keen on doing everything that I could to make a change and to help him and to help myself. But it had come to quite a black space, I guess. When I I started talking to you, he had at least one suicide attempt. Yeah, this has been something that's been going on for more than 10 years, the depression anyway, which took me a long time to understand. and. Realized that that's what it was, and, and for him as well, realized what was really going on. My wake up call to what was going on and the stress levels that I was feeling was my own nervous breakdown. In two thousand and sixteen, we were just about to move from Norway. We were living in Norway. I'd been living in Norway for thirteen years, so we were packing up our entire house and household and children and um, moving back to Australia, and I just kind of crashed. It took me completely by surprise, the kind of level of stress and anxiety that I was carrying around. And I stopped working for three months. It's mind boggling how exhausting you can be, exhausted you could get from, from mental load, basically, from the amount of mental load that I had going on. You know, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating. I'm a pretty slim person and I lost like 10 kilos, you know, within two or three weeks because I was just so on edge. My appetite disappeared. I'm just exhausted, couldn't sleep, like literally couldn't walk around the block. It was enough just to walk my children to daycare and school and then spend the rest of the day doing nothing. <laughs> started off with me reaching out for help. For him, originally, you know, trying to go the GP, trying to go to different places, which I'd been quite afraid to do before, for fear of making things worse because he hadn't, was not ready to do that. But then I realised that, I, you know, it was me that was in a really, really bad state. I had to do something about myself. So I reached out to different, you know, different people, GPs and local support groups and various places. And I came across a woman who lived uh, just down the road from me. A neighbour suggested her to me and she, I don't know what she said, but she talked about kind of the way that people think and feel and the way that they experience life and there was just something about her that was very, she was very calm, very together. She told me that, you know, she'd just lost her husband six months prior, I think, to a really rapid cancer. Like I think they knew six months prior to that, that um, he got cancer and then he kind of deteriorated really quickly over six months and he died. And I was just really captured by her sense of calmness. She kind of told me the story of what's been going on for her. Like how, how can she seem so, how can she seem so okay? So I actually spent four days working with her, which was really nice. Like I would go and I would chat to her. We'd go for walks in the forest Like at the time, I, you know, I didn't really understand what she was talking about, but you know, now I, you know, I kind of realise in retrospect (laughs) what she must have been saying, but I was, I was mostly drawn to her just calm nature and these gentle chats kind of thing. And it felt peaceful, but she was talking about how humans create their experience of life, how thought creates my experience of life. And somewhere along the line, you know, in, in that time talking to her, I started to realize that I was causing all my own bad feelings. All the mental load that I was carrying around was my creation. <laughs> I was hitting myself over the head with the hammer. <laughs> and at, at, like I got, I had an insight, I had a, like a moment. I remember it, like I picture it. I, I know where I was. I was. I was walking towards the bathroom, kind of going through the bedroom, and I just was like hit by this, wow, my bad feelings are caused by my thinking and I don't, I don't have to hit myself over the head with the hammer anymore. <laughs> I can put it down. And it was an extraordinary like weight, like it felt like physical weight lifted off my shoulders. And it certainly wasn't, you know, a magical fix but it was a huge weight it was a huge lift and it started me spiraling back out of my overdrive of you know anxious thinking and then just got me totally fascinated in how did that just happen and what was that and so that started my journey of trying you know of trying to understand myself and understand my mind and hugely understand what was going on for my ex-partner as well, like understanding what was going on in his mind because I had spent a lot of mental capacity trying to understand what was going on for him, understand what, what it was that ticked off different moods. I was looking for the cause in what I did and what I said and then trying to mitigate that, you know, trying to run around and make sure that those things were done at kind of a way that I thought that those would cause least emotional disruption. Only to feel like I was just running around like a headless chicken constantly on eggshells. Because I'd never really worked it out. One day I would do something you know, do this one thing and it would have a certain reaction and another day I would do the same thing it would have a different reaction. And I just found it so confusing.
0: When you say one day you would do one thing you would one day you would do another, you mean as insofar as in response to your ex-partners where he was at or
1: no just literally what I would be doing like really simple things just making dinner on time or getting home at a certain time or doing you know like just really simple things yeah one day walking home from daycare I'd spend you know half an hour extra talking to someone come home and it wouldn't be an issue because he would be in a good mood and then the next day I would do the same thing and come home to an irritated mood and that would be a cause of irritation. Just simple things like that. I didn't understand as much about moods as I do now. You know, I took it more on board personally, thinking it was about me. And that's the same for all of us. You know, we all we all kind of project our mood onto the onto whoever's around us. If I'm in an irritated mood, things look irritating. I speak in an irritated tone. You know, and my kids, for example, if I'm in an irritated mood, they take it personally. I have to explain it to them afterwards. If it's something, if I'm irritated at something completely unrelated to them, but starting to see that his thinking was causing his feelings and his reality and my thinking was causing my feelings and my reality. Like that was was a huge thing to start to realize because I thought it was more cause and effect. I thought there was a more direct line between this is what I did that caused that person to feel that way and vice versa. I think it's it's very natural, you look for the cause when somebody's in a really emotionally upset state, whether that's, you know, really depressed or very anxious or very irritated or very angry, you look for the cause of that and try and mitigate the cause to mitigate the mood. Um, there's certainly things that happen in the outside world that we've got to deal with, but without taking the mood and the thoughts into consideration, for me there was a lot of running around trying to mitigate, trying to mitigate moods and feelings.
0: Yours and your ex-partners, would you say? Yeah. So it's trying to mitigate the impact, trying to make them okay, trying to smooth the waters over. Is, is that what you mean by? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. And I'm just curious, before you started to see that your experience was coming from your thinking, when it looked like it was coming from your circumstances or your, or your ex-partner, for example, and, and, and his mental health, did it feel for you as if you were a bit like a puppet on a string? So in other words, you know, if his mental health was okay or things were going okay, you'd be like, oh, we're, we're, we're all good. But if that went down, you would kind of go down with it?
1: Definitely, definitely. Um, I felt much more impacted I did feel like it pulled me down, mm. that his moods pulled me down and vice versa. Like, you know, I, as the years go on, I realise my, <laughs> you know, my own contribution as well and vice versa, but um, it doesn't happen in isolation.
0: No, but I think a lot of people can, would relate to that pure. Say you're in a relationship with someone whose mental health seems to be up and down. You would feel like you're going up and down with that, right? I did feel like that. But then again, that did change
1: after I came across the principles basically and then started to look look more in that direction. You know, I got over myself, I got better, I got back to work and then we moved to Australia and, and that was kind of a huge upheaval for both of us, especially for him. He went downhill and I got better and better at dealing with a worse and worse situation, so I like I improved vastly in myself as as at the same time as the situation actually got a lot worse.
0: Can you speak about that or speak to that? Like what do you mean by you improved but the situation got worse because I'm imagining for people listening that might sound a bit strange. How can you get better when the situations actually deteriorating?
1: Yeah, like I became increasingly more emotionally resilient so that I bounce back faster from my emotional upset. You know, I didn't feel as pulled down with his moods as before. I didn't take things as personally, which is a huge thing. That was a huge thing for me, not to take things so personally, because I thought it was all about what I was doing wrong.
0: I really appreciate you saying that, because I, I think that's an experience all of us can relate to. Our, our partner's mood drops, And we absolutely do take it personally. It's like, oh, what's wrong? Are you okay? Can I fix it? How can I make you feel better? We do spend a lot of time in that space. Now, I would imagine that would get personified a hundred times when you're in a long-term relationship with someone whose mental health is deteriorating. And perhaps there's not a lot of, I guess, light or shifts in that where that's a a constant theme.
1: Yeah, resilience is really the word, is really the word. Like I became more emotionally resilient and I took it less personally. And I saw that there was a space as in like, I have my thinking and feeling and it's my experience. He has his thinking, feeling, it's his experience. How we interact correlates and what happens in the outside world correlates the way that we feel, but it's not the direct cause. So seeing that thought was the direct cause it took a level of responsibility off me I took responsibility for the way that he was feeling and feeling like I had to do what I could to help him
0: that would be huge I just think that alone would be so freeing it'd be this burden I would imagine that would be lifted when you're not taking responsibility for how someone else is
1: because other people don't see it in the same way, I know for him, like I think he felt that I was becoming less less caring because I was less reactive. I didn't break down and cry all the time <laughs> like I used to, whereas I, be- I, I kind of stopped doing that. I became far less emotionally reactive, became more neutral, And for me, that was very empowering because it meant that I was, I didn't feel like I was out of control. Like I I feel out of control when I'm emotionally upset and and it's an emotional upheaval all the time. So I felt more capable of doing, you know, more capable of doing caring kind of in a doing fashion and really just accepting for many years, I was so afraid that he was going to um, commit suicide because he talked about it. And he did have several attempts. And I was terrified of that. Firstly, I was terrified of the idea. For me, that's it's just not something that I've ever experienced, so that I I couldn't relate to it. I couldn't relate to why you would want to do that. Seemingly we had so many amazing things, you know, we had a you know, when we were living in Norway we had a, you know, a great house and beautiful children and I moved out to Australia and we ended up having an amazing house here and there are lots of amazing things around us so I couldn't relate to that at least in the beginning but as kind of time went along I started to realize that it's really it's about an escape from pain that somebody who has suicidal thoughts like just wants out of their pain they don't really want to die they just they they're just in so much pain they don't see any other choice they don't see any any light they don't don't see any other options that that becomes a viable idea because it's just so painful to carry a negative mental load because I was you know I was terrified of him doing that and I was also terrified of what would happen to the kids you know if he did that as well like I saw it as they would be broken if their dad did that you know what would their lives be like and just so much worry (laughs) And anxiety around that. But at some point I did kind of have a realization that he was, you know, he was feeling that way. And it was the reality. Like what was what was causing all my anxiety and fear and worry around that was my own worry and anxiety. Like <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but I but I, I just realized my worry and anxiety was being put on the people around me as well. My ex-partner would have felt that and so would my children, you know, because I would did a lot of things to kind of try and protect them in a way, like emotionally protect them. I just saw that that was not helpful, that it was another kind of level of understanding. You know, it wasn't what was happening with him that was causing me to feel that either. It was still back to me. <laughs> it was still back to me creating all my own worry. And and so at, at a point I actually realized that's what was happening and then i accepted that that was what was happening and that made me vastly more capable of actually doing things to help him and i reached out to different people to try and get him help and um i had one experience where he did get into a really very depressed and hopeless state and he did not want to live anymore and I ended up ringing the ambulance and and he and he went to hospital but this kind of it happened over a whole day of events and for me that was the first time that he'd ever end up in hospital like that for me it was a really extraordinary event because throughout the whole day I had this sense that It just is how it is. There was a real neutrality to the whole day of him. He was kind of in a very down state. He was drunk and then, you know, and then he went through different phases of being angry and being different things. And it was the first time that I'd ever taken the kids and left and and as everything happened something would happen and i would just be like okay i need to take the kids out and i took them out and i put them in the car for whatever reason i just landed in a really clear state of mind in that particular day and i just saw that it wasn't about me it wasn't it wasn't about him either like he was not doing anything wrong either like he was just in this state like that was just what was going on in his mind so that was how you know so he was having this experience I needed to do some things you know I needed to take the kids away because I could tell that he was not in a safe space and he didn't want them there either you know like you know he had some level of understanding that they shouldn't be there and just I remember just putting the kids in the car and even they were okay because I was okay. I'm like, you need to sit in the car. Everything's gonna be fine. And I I gave them something to play with and they were like, okay, yeah. And it was this really extraordinary event of like really seeing the, the neutrality of of life. In that particular day, I remember I waited outside cause I could hear that he was, you know, he was angry inside and, um, and I waited for him to calm down and, and wondered whether I should leave with the kids. But you know, he was by himself. I thought that was, too dangerous, and eventually he, he calmed down and I and I went back in again, and he just didn't see any hope and at the same time, it was a really extraordinary event for so many reasons because i I felt actually capable of acting because I wasn't so stuck in my head about being worried or whatever I was just like, this is happening. I clearly thought this is what I need to do, you know, put the kids in the car, blah, blah, blah. I need to keep my, you know, I stayed outside and then it got quiet. I went back inside and then I sat with him for a while. And even though he was in absolutely hopeless state, but at the same time, I saw that he wasn't broken. He wasn't permanently broken. This was a state, a temporary state. He was in this state and he was having this experience, but he wasn't damaged and broken. There wasn't something wrong with him. He needed help, absolutely, but he just wasn't. I don't know, before, like I I have spent a lot of time thinking that he needed to be fixed and he certainly did need help, but at the same time that he wasn't. There's no permanent brokenness to it. it. It's a temporary state of mind caused by a huge amount of negative thoughts. And I really saw that, in that on that particular day. And, and I managed to ring the ambulance and, and get him to go with the ambulance. And then he was in hospital for a little bit. And it was a huge, huge relief for me. But I just remember when he drove off with the ambulance because I had the kids and stuff to look after. I didn't go with him. I just remember feeling an enormous amount of hope, enormous amounts of relief that he was going to be in a safe space, that, that hopefully he would get some help.
0: I think that's an amazing story, Kari. For someone listening, to hear you have such clarity when you're dealing with such a, an extreme situation and you've got two young children. And as you said, to have that clarity of mind to know, this is what I need to do. This is how I can help that feeling of capability that you had or, or empowerment or strength to be able to go and I know that you can handle whatever's showing up. And to also be able to be with him in his pain. Because I think there's so much in what you've just said that's so hopeful for people. Because I think, as you say, it's, so, it's totally understandable to feel caught up in fear and worry and concern and upset about what he may or may not do and the impact of that on you and your children. And, of course, when we're caught up in all that worry and concern, it's very hard to be present you don't have that clarity of mind. You second guessed yourself because you analyze and you worry and you overthink about things. So I think it's just incredible what you saw and a real testament to what human beings are capable of, that we're capable of so much more than we than we ever realize. Yeah, There's so much more on offer in any given moment, depending on where your clarity of mind is. And for you to have that in that moment, I think is such a empowering, hopeful thing for people to hear who are perhaps going through something like this themselves. I didn't manufacture that presence. I
1: just happened to land in it on that day. It just really opened my eyes to to the capability because I felt capable because I wasn't caught up in worry. I felt capable of dealing with the situation. And I know that my lack of kind of emotional reaction helped the situation because I didn't add any fuel. If I'd been upset or been emotionally reactive to anything that had happened that day, it would have been a completely different scenario because then we'd have two emotionally reactive people interacting and, you know, that would have, it would have ended up differently, whereas I just know it, how do you say, like contributed to the fact that he ended up calming down and could be helped
0: off to hospital and in a safe space. And you had that sense of okayness.
1: Yeah, because I, I can't even tell this story to very many people because most people get caught up in, you know, what happened and, and, and immediately start a story of, oh, that must have been so traumatic or that must have been really difficult or how terrible. And it is, you know, it is awful that that somebody ends up in a state like that and wants to take their own life. It's, just, it's a really serious issue. But for me the experience wasn't traumatic it was actually in a way empowering because i felt like i actually had the ability to help to actually do something constructive it wasn't on me that this was happening it just was happening and i had the ability to
0: help out i love what you just said it wasn't on me that this was happening, just was happening. They're two very, very different spaces. To, that's, that to me is two different realities right there. You know, the reality of it's on me, so you get caught up in the worry, I've got to fix it, I've got to make it okay, I've got to do something, this is terrible.
1: Yeah, and it's hugely freeing. What's happening is happening. <laughs> you know, the whole, like, it shouldn't be happening, or like I had a huge dialogue in my head about this shouldn't be happening, He shouldn't be feeling like this. Huge amounts of stories in my head about that.
0: Well, you know, as anyone would say, well, of course, that's understandable, right? It's almost like what I'm hearing you say is what looked like a requirement before of upset, worry, this shouldn't be happening. Oh, my goodness, I've got to fix it. I've got to, you know, it looked like a requirement that you feel that way started to look optional. Well I don't have to feel that way about it. I don't have to bring all of that to this. That in fact me bringing all of that to this is where my my own upset, my own worry, my own experience is coming from. Mm. This is what the experience yeah, is. Yeah.
1: I've learned a lot, you know. I'm really grateful. <laughs> I am actually really grateful for these experiences because I've learned so much and I've learned so much from him actually watching him you know, starting to understand how how my mind works and starting to understand how his mind works and just watching on a kind of a human level what the mind is capable of, just how fast an experience can shift in somebody's feeling just by they have a change of thought, they have a change of feeling.
0: I think your story is is incredible, Kari, and I think a, a true testament to what's possible, that when we talk about the fact that anyone can have any experience around anything, your story is a wonderful testament to that, that even though you may be experiencing chaos out here, it's your thinking around that that determines your experience of it, that we are capable of having a very, very different experience around the same thing. Because, you know, what you're saying is, well, things didn't change in regards to how he was feeling and where he was at, but my experience of it or your experience of it changed profoundly in a way that you had a lot more freedom around it. You didn't feel that your well-being was dependent upon his and so that just gave you a lot more room to and space with which to show up around it
1: yeah and, and in the kids as well seeing that um, no matter what happened they could also not be broken they might feel broken you know they might go through whatever they're going to go through they they're going to you know I have two children they're going to they're going to have different experiences And that experience is not on me either. I think they pick up on that fact that I don't see them as broken, (laughs) you know, whatever they're going through.
0: Yeah, that's huge, Carrie. I mean, you know, as a mother myself, it's easy to get caught up. I've got to protect the kids. I've got to make sure they're okay. And, you know, I can't let this happen or I can't let that happen. And of course, you're still protecting them. You're doing all of that. What I think I hear you say is, well, whatever happens, I know my kids will be all right.
1: They can be okay no matter what, and that doesn't mean that they're not going to have periods of time of upset. Or I think I, I try to save them from suffering, but I, I realise that we all suffer. We, we all go through periods of feeling, you know, emotions that we find uncomfortable and pleasant and, um, and we feel like we're suffering. But I think understanding you can be okay anyway you can okay and live through a, an experience of suffering is what, make, what makes the difference, I think, is that you can have a sense of okayness underneath the emotion. For me anyway, that sense of okayness has come from more understanding about how I create my reality. <laughs> and I wake up to it a bit faster. I wake up to it, my sense of okayness, faster than I used to anyway.
0: Which again would be very freeing and, as you say, a, a wonderful sense of resilience. Five years ago,
1: the idea of going through a divorce, the thought of it was sounded absolutely horrendous and terrifying. (laughs) Whereas my experience of it, you know, certainly goes up and down. And I know that, you know, I have a completely different experience to my ex-partner and the people around me have different experiences of, of my divorce. It's just been a completely different journey to what I would have imagined. Yeah, I've had a far higher level of painous through that than I thought I ever would.
0: Tell me, when you and I met, you were, I would say, at that point where you hadn't decided to leave, you were still grappling with that, I I guess you could say, wouldn't you? You were feeling a lot more okay with where your ex-partner was and, and what was going on, yet you were still grappling with, do I leave, do I stay? And if I do stay, what does that mean about me? And why don't I just up and leave? And there was that kind of conversation going on. What do you think was the thing or the insight or, or was there one where you got courage? It was very clear for you, it's time for me to go.
1: When I started talking to you, I was very much in the headspace of, you know, help me save my marriage because I've seen how much I could change by doing things just for me, I could really impact what was going on around me you know my ex-partner hadn't wanted to be involved in a lot of counseling and a lot of things like that so that I'd decided to go along that journey for myself and seen the impact of just what I could do one person I'd seen that that had a huge impact on my life and I think it had you know ripple effects going out I started talking to you thinking help me save my marriage or help me <laughs> through the process of getting out in a as best way as possible you know because we worked together over several months and that was very helpful but at the same time I didn't have clarity over what I should do I remember spending almost a year not knowing almost a year kind of going do I stay do I go what should I do running through all different scenarios in my head you get quite lost creating stories of if I do this, what if, what if, what if. But I knew enough, mm. like having spoken to you and I knew enough, I didn't want to act out of a state of unknowing. Like I didn't want to act unless I knew that's what I should be doing, unless I had the feeling that, yes, now is the time that I should leave or have clarity over that I should stay. I was just waiting, waiting for an insight, or waiting for a realisation of what I should do.
0: I think what you're saying is super important, would you say that having an understanding of state of mind or clarity of mind or the way things work, it was easier for you to be in a space of not knowing? So many people find it difficult to be in a space of not knowing. They feel like the space of not knowing is an indicator that they should know. Instead of resting in the unknown and being able to actually rest and know, I will at some point I will get clarity around this. At some point I will know, so it's okay not to know. And in the meantime, I can go live my life not knowing
1: i know exactly what you mean and absolutely i was much better off being okay with being in the unknown which i wasn't before like that was a big change for me to like several years previously being okay with the unknown because i had a sense that that i could trust that at some point something was going to occur to me
0: because i think that's incredible curry i just think that's a big thing for people
1: it is a really big thing because it's, you know, it's the same thing now. You know, there's, there's things that I'm not sure about, but I'm okay with not knowing think about doing a different job or doing different things and I and I don't know what I you know I don't know what I should be doing and but then again I just feel like I have to keep turning up to life until something else occurs to me <laughs> um, which is really freeing it's really freeing compared to how I used to live life because I used to, felt like I tried to appease people or you know like you, everybody has opinions about what you should be doing you know your parents or your family or your partner or your friends or you know everybody has an opinion about where you should be going what you're doing and I felt like I kind of ran around before trying to make people happy and do whatever was the right thing that I thought I should do as opposed to just listening, listening to myself or li- just listening. I do more listening. It's a totally different way of living life. It's a switched 360 way of living
0: life. Kind of like going from external, what do you think, what do you think, Yeah, I'll make you sure you're okay, you're okay too, more internal, what makes sense to me what feels right for me. Yeah, and
1: I, I'm still on that journey. I don't always know. I've seen enough now to know that I can trust that a bit. I'd still get caught up in doubts and worries as people do, but, but it's it's different. It's definitely different to the way I lived life before.
0: How is it different in your mind? I, I guess it's the
1: same as it's not on me. Like it's, it's another feeling of it actually isn't all up to me to create my life path almost it's like I can have new ideas those new ideas they occur to me you know ideas that I've never had before thoughts that I've never had before and I don't feel like I generate those it's not Kari generated
0: they just show up
1: they just show up and so so it's not all on me to work out everything (laughs) because before I'd like you know I'd kind of You get more of a sense of like grindingness. like you put your head down and you try to focus and you're like, right, I have to work out like what am I going to do? And sometimes that is useful but other times it's more like a kind of a sitting back and and looking and and just like what is going to occur to me today? I can ask myself a question. (laughs) What do I want to do and wait for the answer?
0: It's like you've got less on it.
1: I've got less on it. This whole going through the divorce has really shown me that. I was driving down to meet my sister at this kind of Christmas party event. And it just occurred to me that I've had enough I want out of the relationship. And it wasn't like a light bulb, aha, explosion. It was just such a gentle feeling of just like, I've had Mm -hmm. enough. And that was all, like it was just that one thing, I've had enough. I didn't have to work out the plan. I'd spend a long time thinking like, you know, what if I do this and then what and then what, like trying to work out the 100 steps of what next and this was this feeling of, okay, I've had enough and I didn't need to think any more. I didn't need to do anything more. So I, I literally, I just had this feeling driving down, I've had enough. I turned up at the Christmas party and my sister looked at me and she's, you're glowing <laughs> what what's with you and i was like oh really like this is you know 10 minutes later after i'd had this thought, so i'd kind of you know almost forgotten about it again like walking into the christmas party you know going hi how are you you know whatever and and i was like oh yeah well, i just had this this thought and i'll, I'll tell you about it later because it was noisy and busy and stuff so we you know we had this christmas party and then afterwards i sat down and she's like oh you know what is it what's going on i've just realized i've i've had enough and i went out and she's like okay And that was so fascinating because, you know, I didn't go home and do anything about that. I just knew I'd had enough and that the next step would occur to me at some point. This was several weeks before Christmas. I was like, well, you know, I don't want to ruin Christmas. And we were having people over from overseas. And I just had that sense that it's enough and it's time. But when is the right time to say something to him? I didn't know. Or make any plans or anything, nothing. I was just like, well, it's Christmas. I want to enjoy Christmas, and, and so I really enjoyed Christmas. And we had people staying, and and we had a really we had Christmas at our house, and it was really nice. And I enjoyed, I enjoyed spending time with my ex partner. I just knew that I I had to wait for when was the right time to actually say something. It was strange because I let go of it. Like I didn't come. I stopped worrying about it. I just waited. And on New Year's Eve, it occurred to me that it's the right time, I should say something. And he happened not to be there. So it still went a few more days. And then literally the day that I did tell him that I want a separation, we were staying in a holiday house with, the, with these friends from overseas. And we were driving back to the holiday house after having done a bushwalk or something or other. My whole body was screaming at me saying, now, like literally now is when you have to tell him. And we were in a car with a whole bunch of people. I'm like, well, I can't now, now. But when we got to the house, I said, you know, can we go for a walk? And we went for a walk. There was no planning to it. It was the most strangest experience ever because my whole body was screaming at me that now is the time. And so, yeah, and so I I told him that I wanted a separation. And, you know, a lot of kind of crazy emotional reactions and events happened in the next few weeks after that. But... It was really extraordinary to me, this sense of that it was the right choice, this sense of I'm going to be okay, it was the right thing. That carried me through months, but especially the next few weeks because, you know, he did end up having another suicide attempt and ended up in hospital and it just just really carried me through all those events. This, I don't know, like this just I don't know, feeling in the centre of me, this sense of like it's okay okayness I don't know how to describe it that it's going to be okay and it's going to work out which was really really extraordinary for me to experience because yeah in a way a sense of being guided through the process (laughs) yeah because because I also realized my own role in that relationship as well especially this last in the last year where I didn't really know whether I should stay I should should I go I really understood that I was also an enabler in that relationship I was enabling behaviour and things to continue. So I wasn't helping. It was just a totally different experience to try and rationalising, to try and rationalise whether you should leave a relationship or not, like kind of the list of pros and cons and whatever. It was a felt sense of I've had enough, it's time to leave. Now is when I should say something.
0: I know what you mean, Carrie. That felt sense is, because I'm going back to my experience when I left was it 19 odd years ago now, a domestic violent abusive relationship and being in that state of, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. What What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And not wanting to split up my family. And then I had that exact experience, this overwhelming sense of it's time to go. And it was so clear and so strong. I went from, I don't know, I don't know, mud, 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 worry, what if, what if, all those things you describe. But if I do this, you know, trying to imagine every scenario until I just had this absolute clarity, it's time to go. And then from there, each step unfolded from there. Yeah, it was
1: really an unfolding. That's exactly the right word for it. It was an unfolding and it was not my doing. It was the same as it was turning up every day to what was going on and watching the unfolding I feel like extraordinary things happen. (laughs) I felt like the universe kind of brought me things I didn't think were possible.
0: Would you say in your mind that because you have an understanding of how people work, you have an understanding of where your experience comes from, That do you think that maybe, and I say maybe because I don't know, do you think because of that that perhaps you were more open to that sense of knowing that you were tuned into it more perhaps you could hear it more deeply or or do you think that's not related I think so I've never had
1: an experience of feeling like life is unfolding like I have in the last two years I mean I never had a kind of a conscious awareness of it or a language or I never felt like I'm a, I was an intuitive person, for example. Some people grow up just, you know, having gut feelings and being able to trust that and, and relying on the intuition, like regardless of having ever looked into, you know, reading a book on the mind. I've learned to see how the process works within me already. The process is always working that way. I just wasn't consciously aware of it. And because you didn't know about it, you don't know to trust it either. Before, I'd just spend a lot of time listening to what other people have to say. We go to school and we learn, you know, that we should read books and get the information from somewhere else, from someone else. In Western society, we're not so much taught to listen to ourselves. So that's definitely been a a different way of looking at things. And it's the same, you know, now I'm in a new relationship, which I felt just appeared, you know, like I was not even looking for something and never thought that (laughs) a new relationship would come right after having left a 20-year relationship. That's not something that I ever would imagine. And it, you know, it was almost like, hang on, universe. <laughs> this made me socially kind of unacceptable. <laughs> but that too has been kind of, firstly that it disappeared without my effort in a way was extraordinary. And then the process of, of a new relationship, like I can really see it's an unfolding. And there's also this sense of, it feels right so it kind of it feels like the right thing to do now and who knows where it's going to lead to and if the right thing feels like one should leave later then that would be the right thing to do but but right now it feels right so i can go all in it's been an interesting process that you know a new relationship as well because i don't need to i haven't needed to kind of worry about what happens with it? (laughs) I don't know. It just seems to be more unfolding, just be unfolding and unpacking on its own.
0: (laughs) Funny how life does that, isn't it? That it unfolds on its own. To me, what it sounds like you're describing is that it's a faith and trust in life and a faith and trust in, well, it's going to be what it's going to be and I'll get what I need to meet that or be with that as it, as it shows up moment to moment. You know, that's to me one of the things that I think I've seen in my own marriage that I never saw before, that, yeah, it unfolds and, it, and things just show up and you get what you need to meet it. I don't need to overthink it. I don't need to plan it. I don't need to manipulate it. I don't need to manage it. As you say, and I think you said that beautifully, it has a life of its own.
1: Yeah, and I think actually life moves kind of faster when you allow it to unfold opportunities come up quicker or are actually open to opportunities the opportunities that are there and present and you can take them as opposed to pre-planning i'm currently living with my parents and i know that at some point it will make sense to find somewhere else to live but i don't need to worry about when that is or how it's going to look like I have thoughts about it but I don't dwell on it because every month or every two months life's looking so different already so that any pre-planning I did three months ago, you know, hasn't included bits of life that exists now. So there's no point. <laughs> there's no point. And, you know, I used to worry about the future like five and ten years in advance. <laughs> you know, I was kind of, <laughs> you know <laughs> I'd be worrying about what's happening five years down the track, whereas now, it's, you know, I'm okay with what's just going to happen in the next month or two.
0: It just sounds like there's a lot more ease. And I know that the journey from from leaving your ex-partner to even being here, the the bumps and things that you've encountered to deal with that. I must admit, hearing you speak, Kari, I, I, I hear this sense of, yep, that happened or that happened, but it is what it is and I'm just dealing with it. Sometimes, yeah, it's not so great, but I'm okay. Yeah, and there's a nice sense of like
1: I, I don't sit with any sense of regret. And that's a really interesting thing too that I, you know, left when I left. Some people say on any relationship, well, why didn't you leave earlier or why did you leave just then? or And I don't need to have any thinking about that because I just knew that that was the time. That was the time when I knew I should leave regardless because, you know, things come up afterwards. Why did you tell me you wanted a separation on that day or, you know, like why didn't you do it at another time? And other people's relationships is kind of well, why did you – Why did you leave exactly then, you know? I just know that that was the right time for me. There is no right time and there was no, there's no rational thought around it, kind of. It's just I knew that was the right time for me. People have a lot of opinions about those kinds of things, especially when children are involved. I know that it was the right time for me. I trust that and seeing that in other people too because it's easy to have judgments (laughs) about why people do things when they do them and also seeing in my ex-partner just he also ultimately is doing what to me often seems kind of counter intuitive he also is doing the best he knows how at every moment given his level of understanding and given his state of mind you don't see clearly in in emotional states of mind and when you act out of that of those states causes destruction (laughs) But still that's that's the best that you know how.
0: But I, I would imagine very freeing, and I think for people listening to see that, because you're almost saying what it sounds like to me, and this is what I the place I've been able to see around my older boy's dad, is that there's an innocence there. Even though they may it may result in destructive behavior, it's there's an innocence in that they're doing the best they can with the state of mind or the level of thinking they have. And if their thinking was different. If their state of mind was different, they would choose something else. You just can't choose what you can't see. The moment I saw that for me anyway, and that's what I'm hearing you're saying for you, that was incredibly freeing for me. I wasn't caught up in the, I can't believe you did that. Why would you do that? That's so unfair. Oh, great. Now what do I, you know, there was just, okay. There was so much less going on internally for me. I certainly do
1: go in and out of being caught up, but there are certainly moments of more moments of of not being caught up. And and, and that means that sometimes I, you know, I get an email or something that I I get emotional about. I know enough not to usually (laughs) not to respond from that state of upset because I know I'm not thinking clearly and I might respond three days later or something. I'll just wait for... A better state of mind before responding I guess yeah the ability to respond as opposed to react I certainly reacted more before whereas now I think I'm more have the ability to respond which comes with a bit more space the space between the <laughs> what happens and the response whereas you often do things in a reactive state that you 10 seconds later you're like oh I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have done that you know you haven't you haven't kind of thought about it with any sense of clarity in a fascinating journey
0: <laughs> I really want to thank you so much for sharing your journey your story with us Kari I think it's so helpful because as you say it's not something that people talk about certainly not publicly and I think for people going through similar things there's a lot of hope there and a lot of possibility listening to other people's
1: stories has helped me enormously so i really appreciate people sharing their stories and if my story has any benefit to anybody then that's really great yeah so much hope in in change you know people can have new thoughts at any time that can change their reality nobody is stuck in these you know labels and containers that we often put people in, nobody's stuck there permanently. People can change and have drastic change and it doesn't have to take a huge amount of time. People can have big shifts in the way that they see things in a moment.
0: Love it. Well, thank you so, so much, Kari. I just think you're a very brave lady and an inspiration to many, many, many people. If you are in this situation or you know someone who is, I think what you're really saying is one person can make all the difference. It doesn't require two. One person seeing life differently, one person with a different understanding can completely transform something. So thank you so very, very, very much. So grateful to you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Relatable, where we are committed to taking the stress and confusion out of relationships. If you're keen to find out more, the best place to start is to head on over to my website, fionalukeys.com.au, where you can download my free Relationship Masterclass video series or join the waitlist for Relatable, my brand new online program where I personally take you through how to have a great relationship with anyone.